Hi, I'm Shannon Torrance, and this is Magic is Real. In this episode, I interview Rachel Lang. Rachel is a professional astrologer and a psychic medium. I really didn't know a lot about astrology before I spoke with Rachel, so I was really grateful that she was able to answer a lot of my questions. She explained to me the background, the science, the symbolism, and the meaning behind it all. Rachel, very eloquently and succinctly, shares with us how the knowledge of astrology can help us optimize our life's path. Thank you so much for watching, liking, subscribing, commenting, and sharing with like-minded friends. And now, here's my interview with Rachel Lang. Hello, I'm Shannon Torrens, and once again, this is Magic is Real. Today, my guest is Rachel Lang. Rachel Lang is a psychic medium and an astrologer. And I wanted to have her on today because I'm very interested in astrology, but I've had so many questions about it. I know a lot about mediumship and psychic work. Um, I know a bit about tarot cards, but astrology is something that I think most of us who have an interest in this sort of thing, um, we'll check our horoscopes and we're kind of like, I don't know, I take it with a grain of salt, but it is pretty accurate. Um, and so I'm, I've heard great things about Rachel's abilities um, and, and knowledge. And um, so I'm really excited to have her on so that she can kind of um, introduce me and you to the world of astrology. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much, Shannon. It's really a, a pleasure to, to be speaking with you today. Likewise. So as I said, I don't know much about astrology at all. Um, I would love to start off by first having you just explain what services you provide. What is it that you do? Yeah, great question. Um, so I'm still trying to figure that out sometimes. <laughs> you know how it is when you're led by spirit. <laughs> it changes from day to day. Um, yeah, but, but my, what I do is I'm an astrologer. That's my, the main hat that I wear. And I'm also a psychic medium. So I often combine both of those skills in a session. So usually like I can do um, just, uh, you know, astrological charts for people and, and look at, you know, you know, how to time certain events that are happening in your life and look at, at some of the bigger themes that are, that are up. And then I also have sessions where, where it's really just psychic mediumship where I kind of put the chart away and just work with spirit or work with psychic information. And then sometimes I merge the two in a session where I'll be, this, this often happens, I'm sure, as you know, working with spirit is I'll be looking at a chart and I'll be in the middle of a session and then all of a sudden, like some kind of electronic thing will happen or the phone will cut out and it's like, okay, spirit, you're getting my attention. Yeah. So yeah. then, so then I kind of, I kind of, that's when I kind of integrate the two. Um, right. Yeah. I can understand that. I think that's one of the reasons I'm personally learning tarot because as I'm learning mediumship, sometimes there's a moment where you're like, well, I'm doing a card, but then all of a sudden something psychically or uh, mediumistically is coming through. Um, so I love that there's a, a, a partnership between these different, I don't know if they're called modalities, but um, yeah. Um, and so what I wanna know first is kind of all about you, whatever you're willing to share about yourself personally, because I'm really interested in what leads people to this work in the first place. Um, and kind of how do we go from being, you know, a human being on this earth and a, and a child in this earth to suddenly kind of discovering these abilities. So I'd love to hear your story. Sure. 
Well, um, you know, I, I grew up in a, a very, in a, in a Christian, a really like kind of an evangelical Christian, even though we were Catholic, there's a branch of, the, of Catholicism. It's a really small kind of like, um, you know, sort of underground uh, part of the Catholic church that is evangelical. And so I grew up and we, you know, we did a lot of, 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 of you know, kind of Holy Spirit Catholicism. So in that tradition, I've, it was really encouraged to talk to angels and to like, my parents never shut it down whenever I would have these mystical experiences. And then I discovered astrology at around 14 years old and th that changed everything. <laughs> Um, then I started really getting into the symbolism of astrology and understood how it intersected with the symbolism of tarot and, um, and how it, I could use that, that symbolism in mediumship and spirit communication and how there were these universal principles, um, harmonics, which underlies music and math, sacred geometry. And, and so I started to see the world in a very different way. And, you know, it was never going to be a career because this was back in the, in the, the early 90s when, like, or the mid 90s when, you know, we, that just wasn't a, it wasn't a, it wasn't a profession that you aspire to. Um, but it was always the thing that I loved the most. I loved exploring my spirituality. And so I had some market, I worked in marketing, I worked in film production. I had a lot of, of jobby jobs. And um, one day, uh, I just decided that I I wanted to I wanted to 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 go in a different direction, and really, it kind of inspired. What inspired it was I wanted to do more creative work, and I didn't have time with my nine to five job, and so I was trying to figure out a way to work um, in uh, in a role where I could create my own schedule. And so a friend of mine who's a psychic said, why don't you just do astrology? And, you know, then you can make your own schedule and you have more free time and you, and so that's what happened. It, it, yeah. yeah. And, and I, and I love it. So it's, um, you know, it's been a, it's been a great career. I've been doing it since 2006. Um, and uh, it's been really rewarding. And now I, I teach classes, I write um, horoscopes. I mean, I have a lot of different branches to my career. Wow. And prior to this, what was your experience with um, your psychic abilities? <clears throat> was it something that you just kind of had and experienced as a person as we do? Um, or did you act, had you ever tried mediumship or did you study mediumship and psychic abilities? Or was it just something that was always there for you that you were aware of? Mm -hmm. I was always aware of it and it was always there. But, you know, like so many of us, um, you know, I started to shut it down. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started to actually, st I studied with mentors, I went to development classes, I actually, you know, I, I studied with both psychic mediumship and um, within a spiritualist church. Um, are you familiar with spiritualism? Or yes, but, you? But, I, yeah. but please describe it the way that you do. Because <laughs> yes. Not everyone does know what it is. And, and I describe myself as a spiritualist, but I, I bet you know even more about it than I do. I don't know. Um, it's you know, spiritualism is a is a religion that is, that that believes in uh, communication with those who've passed to the other side. So that's where I did my training, and um, I went to like um, Camp Chesterfield, uh, which is in Indiana, like a, a you know camp. 
but I, I there was a, a little little uh, metaphysical store in the in the Midwest where I lived and they had development classes and so that's where I got my start and then I ended up studying with mentors and studying with teachers and had um, you know astrology teachers and mentors along the way as well Mm-hmm. Um, I think if anyone is going into this, having mentorship is so important um, as you're growing and developing your gifts. Absolutely. I think even the people who have the strongest abilities out, out of the gate, who aren't even trying, um, but they see dead people when they're little and they, they're real, born to be mediums, it's really helpful to help them learn how do you channel this and what exactly is going on so I know how to use this to be of service to spirit and the human race um, and, and know, how, know what's actually happening and also learn to interpret the language of spirit because it's so such a game of charades and you don't always know, well, why are they showing me this and um, that sort of thing. So what I find really interesting about astrology and I think I understand more about it now is that I always wondered, how do we know, um, who, how did humans figure out the patterns? I mean, yes, females menstruate with the moon cycles. And that's something that's like, and math, like you said, um, sacred geometry and that sort of thing, music um, patterns and that stuff explains it. But how did humans become aware of the science of astrology? um, And how do we know? I kind of want to, it's kind of a two pronged question, which is one, how did we figure this out? And two, my question was always, okay, well, why is it that who ascribe these characteristics? Uh, is it experience? Like Virgos are this way, you know? And I know that there's also, there are also variations in depending the time of, uh, you know, day you were born and where the, where the planets were. But generally I'm a Virgo and I would look up my, my horoscope in the, in the big book. And I'm like, yeah, this describes me. Even my mom, who was sort of skeptical, read the whole description of my birth date and was like, did they just enter? This is you. I mean, this is you to a T. So how do we know, you know, that Gemini are fluctuated or they're moody or they flip? And then how do we know Virgos are really kind of rigid and controlling and that sort of thing? But also, how did we figure this out in the first place, you know, to your, from, what you, from what you understand and know? Yeah. Um, so I'll answer this in two parts. I'll, so I'll answer the first one. Since you're a Virgo, I'll structure it for you. <laughs> um, I'll answer the first part, which is how, where, you know, how did we start, how do we know? And then also how did these, these ideas get put into our, into our collective unconscious? Um, there's, there, there are theories that the ancient, and I can't remember if it's the Sumerians, I think it's the ancient Sumerians, um, that they could track, they could predict the movement of the heavenly bodies of the planets based on the rhythm that the planets moved and the songs that they sung. So they understood that there's a rhythm to the universe and this rhythm is natural. It's as natural as a heartbeat. It's as natural as the, as the, um, the timing that we keep when we, when we, when we were playing music. Um, and what they would do is they would, I mean, they would watch. Now, some of these cycles, like a Saturn cycle, it takes 29 years for Saturn to move one full um, revolution around the sun. So it goes through every single sign for 29 years. That was the furthest planet that the ancients could see. 
Mercury and Venus move a lot faster. So they could track those pretty quickly and they could come up with some understanding of what those planets meant when they were in certain places in the heavens. And the moon, like you said, that moon, moon, moon moves around the zodiac in 28 days. So they could very easily track that moving through the zodiac. So over time and, and over long periods of time, they were watching and tracking the planets. So, you know, astrology is scientific in, this, in a similar way that psychology is, is scientific in that it is based on observation, case study, and, um, and uh, you know, and, and actually astrology predates astronomy. So there was, um, you know, people who were studying the stars and, and really observing the planetary movements um, were interested, it's almost like it crossed into science where we disconnected as, you know, the planets and the movement of the heavenly bodies from human behavior and what was happening on earth. Um, that, that, separation, that separation came later, but at first the ancients, they thought they were, they were these, these planets were gods and goddesses. And so this is how it all kind of translates into where do we find meaning? We're mythological creatures, and this is our history, this is our lineage, this is our ancestry. And so each one of these planets has a, mythology, a mythological character associated with it, a god or a goddess. And story and metaphor and symbol have so many different layers of meaning. So you could take the planet Mercury, which is it's stationed re retrograde today, so I'm going to pick on Mercury a little bit. But you could take the planet Mercury and you could look at the god Mercury and see that, you know, one, he was the messenger. But not only was he the messenger, he could go down into the underworld, into the, you know, to, to the place between lives and, and, and go and he could, he could relate with the God, with the God of the underworld, with the, the, the spirits who were there and return back to earth um, unscathed. So we could look at Mercury and Mercury, you know, this is, this, is, this is the planet that relates to mediumship because it's about communication. So over time, these, I, these myths be, have become embedded in our collective unconscious and, and we build up archetypes and ideas around them. And so those get transferred into how we, how we look at a person's personality, how we see how that planet plays out in that person's chart. And then eventually, you know, every planet rules a different sign. So signs and planets, the stories of the planets are very closely linked and very closely related. That was so well articulated. <laughs> I know it might've been long-winded. <laughs> Not at all. In fact, I'm like, I don't even know how you can remember all of it. it well, obviously you're doing it a very long time, but it, I don't. I think it's very difficult to describe, and I think you did so eloquently. Um, that really does make a lot of sense. And um, I think, like you said, it's, it's not just something that happens overnight. It's over a period of time, people detect patterns and they see uh, that there are consistencies and, and that sort of thing. But also, I found it really interesting about the, um, the mythology of it, which, which I didn't, people didn't they had mythology because they they still lacked a lot of information, and that made, that was the way of that, that was their way of understanding it, mm -hmm. um, which is really great. And so, um, when you are doing a reading, um, I know this is kind of a 
it, it's kind of a, obviously I don't expect you to teach us how to do it, but when you, when somebody comes to you and they say, and they show you, um, what is it that you need them need from them in order to do a reading so you need to know obviously their birth date mm -hmm. um time of time of birth mm -hmm. um, and what is it that you look at um yeah. and what are you really what sort of markers are you looking for um and what messages are you looking for within that chart yeah great question so a chart is basically a map of the heavens at the time of your birth and it puts you right at the very center of the universe and each one of the planets and stars and asteroids, because you can, you know, you can you can map out, you can put all of those different space aspects, space components into a chart. But each one of those things relates to something different. So when we're talking about the person with the planets, so Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Saturn, Uranus, we still count Pluto. Um, when you're looking at those, each one of those represents a different part of your personality. And we can break it down even further, a different part of your body. Um, it, it relates to a different function of yourself as a person here on Earth. So for example, Venus is the planet of love and relationships, but she's also relates to your finances and your relationship with money and how willing you are to allow goodness into your life, allow yourself to have pleasure. Um, and she relates to your sense of style and beauty. So you can see all these different characteristics of you can be summed up by looking at your Venus. Um, do you want to do you want to play? Yeah, yeah. Can we? Yeah. <laughs> can I have your birthday? <laughs> yeah, let's, August 25th, 1973. Wait, okay, August 25th, 1973. You look so young. Thank you. <laughs> um, and what time were you born? Uh, I was uh, born at, I think, 1.31 a.m. I know that's specific, but I know it's like within 1.30 or 1.32, but yeah. And where were you born? Melbourne, Australia, which oh. throws a little loop because I always said, well, wait a second. I was born August 25th, but was I, re but was I really because I was born in Australia? But my mom said yes, because it was August 25th yep. where you were born. Yep. We call that local time. Okay. Yeah. I think it's more confusing than it needed to be, but I'm like, <laughs> Okay, so let's look at your Venus. So we just talked about Venus. And um, let's see here. Um, and uh, I was going to share my screen, but um, just to, to show you your chart. So a couple of things that I noticed right away. So v your Venus is in the sign of Libra. Now, Libra is the sign that Venus rules. So we would say that your Venus is in a great condition because She's in her own sign. Um, it's a domicile is what we call it. Um, so a, a, someone with Venus and Libra really cares about relationships and actually cares about how people, how, how people perceive you in relationships. Um, this is a very social placement, but your Venus is right next to Pluto. So you're not likely to socialize and just make small talk. When you socialize, you want to go deep. You want to have meaningful relationships, and in romantic relationships in particular, this can be this can be um, a little bit challenging because if someone, if you perceive that someone's not committed or not there, then all your defenses go up, or you can be kind kind of like uh, a little bit possessive. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, definitely. Uh huh. <laughs> um, 
to where it's almost like you need to to exercise mindfulness and really like really take take relationships into a spiritual place so that they don't become um, so that you're that they don't become uh, like a like you don't get hyper focused on what he's thinking about you. It, is it he? Is it, am I using the right? Yeah, 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 that's right. Thank you. No, thank you for asking. That's actually, yeah, it, it, it's really just wanted to make sure. Awful, but, and I was going to say too that um, that that's interesting because I'm I'm actually not possessive. At, I'm to the point where my biggest complaint in relationships is that I'm too independent. My boyfriends are always like could you ever like, you know, you're always like, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But when somebody isn't completely, you know, in the past, when I've dated people that were more unavailable or not connected, I felt the jealousy and the like needing to connect kind of thing really strongly. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't, in my normal, in my healthy relationships, I'm not like that at all. But yeah, that, that makes sense that, yeah. that I find, I find that with, with that Pluto can, can lead to that Pluto relationship with Venus can indicate like you're saying like the like obsessive if if they're not adored like it's yes. almost like one extreme or the other <laughs> if circumstances are are right um yeah there, there could definitely be that feeling of neediness whereas if i'm in a secure relationship i'm too independent and have to be reminded that hey you're in a relationship there are two of you here <laughs> you know, it's not just you living your life you've got to kind of like come together so that's really interesting yeah, yeah. It's um, but but I would say that overall, like it's a, it's a it's a minor thing. Um, that that would that wouldn't be, like because your Venus is so is really in such a great condition, um, you know that 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 actually relationships um are going to be a focal point for you just because of of other factors that I'm seeing in your chart, um, but I I would say that 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 you have the ability to really go deep in a relationship and to really have relationships that allow you to transcend that are that that support your spiritual growth that support your evolution um so we could also look at venus and libra and so venus is your sense of style as well so it's relationships it's your relationship with money it's your sense of style and people with venus and libra tend to be very particular about the way they look like they want to look good and beauty and style like you, you know a spa day would be a really a really favorable thing for you but i would say that with your virgo sun um that the that 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 kind of adds an element of being particular about about how you present yourself to the world mm -hmm. so being seen being healthy yeah being fit um all of those things i would see as a as a priority for you 100 percent yeah I'm, I'm the type that works out, I exercise, I eat right, I get my hair done. You know, I'm not like overly girly with the, you know, I don't do like the whole nails and the eyeshadow and stuff, but I'm definitely like, oh, if there's a line, I'm, that's going. Like if there's, it's like, oh, is there, is there a forehead line? Um, hello, dermatologist, you know, definitely. But, but definitely uh -huh. this has been a thing where I'm like, oh, I'm never gonna, as long as my legs can move, as long as my body can move, I'm gonna be staying fit. Mm -hmm. I'm not letting this go ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that was an example of how we can isolate just one planet in your chart. Now, all the planets relate with one another. So, I talked about the relationship in your chart between Venus and Pluto, how they're right next to each other within just a couple of degrees. Um, so, I like to think of the planets as kind of like, um, 
you know, your cast of characters and in the play, the story of your life. And so we can see which planets relate well to one another, which planets might be in, you know, challenging one another. And so we can see the complexity of who you are and, um, and, and, the, and the different behavioral patterns that might play out in your life. And because each one of these planets relates to a certain person in your childhood, then we can also see that early foundation for you. You know, what, what was your dad's influence? What was your mom's influence? Um, and and how, did, how did those influence your relationships, your idea about yourself, your career? How do those things relate to, to things in your adulthood? Um, so it's, you know, it sounds complex, but it's so fascinating once you start learning it. And once you really get into the, like I said, the different layers of meaning, you can really, you can really discover a lot about someone. Yeah, that, that leads me to another question, which is why do people seek out astrology readings from your perspective? What is it that um, can be gained by having an astrology reading? And and what you do specifically, even whether it's psychic mediumship, but specifically um, in your work as an astrologer, um, how can being aware of your your the details of your chart help you in your in your life? Mm -hmm. um, I think if someone's going through a major transition, uh, very often, you know, that's why people come to me. They're going through a divorce. They're, um, you know, they they've they want a job change, they're trying to navigate some sort of personal decision. And astrology can show us hints at what's coming up. Um, it can show us big themes. Um, and so, but, but really the, the benefit of it is to find out why things are happening, get a little bit more meaning, get some context for what's going on in your life, rather than saying, this is going to happen and you need to do this. It's really, hey, your Venus is, is, is you know, there, there are some outer planets that are activating your Venus. This is a really interesting time for you in terms of relationships. And, um, and, and here are some ways to navigate possible decisions that might be coming up. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it actually gives you, it gives you a sense of power over your life. Um, and then you can also see, you know, some people also come because they're trying to, to, to understand themselves better. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it can also help you to get some context for, for who you are and some of the bigger challenges that you face over and over in your life, some of those patterns that repeat in relationships or in your career. Um, so astrology can help with all of those things in addition to timing things. So if you're starting a business, if you're wanting to have a baby, um, if you are planning a wedding, um, wanting to throw a, a birthday party for yourself, we can optimize the planetary cycles to make those endeavors as successful as possible. So you're kind of like surfing on the right wave, you know? Yeah. I love that. That's that you just said it so well, surfing on the right wave is someone said today, I was watching a YouTube video with sort of a uh, from a medium and she was saying that astrology kind of helps us um i like that you use the word optimize what we're given at birth and what we have and how to take advantage of it um for instance i'm also really interested in manifesting um and we'll be interviewing um, we'll have a guest on um who's a manifesting expert and um 
And there's, it's, it's about that. It's about aligning your, I don't want to say your energy or your intention with what's already there, you know, matching your energy with what you're already given. So obviously we're each given our gifts and our timing and our souls come here to do something. And so I like the way that you described it as catching that wave when it's an optimal time um, so that, you know, you, yeah, you, you will succeed and definitely start pushing towards that, but you might want to sort of, this is when the time is, when it's, it's really um, an optimal time to try to do that. And I think that that does resonate and it does seem really true. I think, especially with everything that we've gone through in the last year, um, there's been a lot of people have been, everything's at a standstill. Um, and you can almost feel now, obviously so much has changed politically and with the COVID vaccine, um, we're not out of the woods with a lot of issues, but it feels like there's, you can feel the energy is different. And suddenly there's this sort of surge of momentum. Um, and, you know, I've even told my friends that are like, I've lost my job. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, it's on purpose. It's sort of like shattered. It's breaking your house down so that you can build something better. And I'd love to hear too, um, with everything having gone on in the last year, I'm sure that you had a lot of, um, hopefully, you know, hopefully a lot of clients, but also um, thoughts about, did you sort of see something like this coming based on what you knew? And um, when it did happen, how were you able to use astrology to sort of you know, forecast or understand the greater meaning of it? And what did you discover or what did you, what were your insights about what has happened um, in the, in the last year? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think all of us astrologers were looking at 2020 we've had, we had a astrological cycles unlike I've ever seen in my life. And it started in January with Saturn, which is the planet of structure. It's the planet of government, the economy, corporations, all of those, what we might consider patriarchal structures because our culture has been based on patriarchal ideals since, you know, for centuries. Yeah. And so Capricorn or Saturn has been in its own sign of, was in its own sign of Capricorn. And, and Saturn met up with Pluto. Pluto is the planet that inspires transformation, but often it breaks things down in order for us to build things up. And so that kicked off January and there was an eclipse right there in Capricorn and Jupiter was in Cap. It was like so much happening all at one time. It was like an explosion of, of astrological activity. And, and so it started a new cycle between those two. Now, we also had two other big cycles happening in 2020 with Pluto and Jupiter, and then the great conjunction in December, which everybody was out looking at because it was looked like the star of Bethlehem, um, which is Saturn and, and Jupiter coming together. So we had three big cycles beginning. And when outer planet cycles start, they, they tend, the outer planets move slowly, so they tend to make big differences, big impact because they're, they're leading to societal change that evolves over time. So yeah, so it was, it was big stuff. <laughs> it was really big stuff. Um, and you know, this year we have kind of, um, a, a, it's an easier year. I, I think a lot of people uh, are gonna be happy to hear that. Um, but there's a lot of kind of establishing a new foundation based on everything that kind of broke down and is, is being rebuilt and re, renewed, rebirthed, reconstructed. Yeah, I definitely feel that. And I've heard that from a lot of 
um, mediums and astrologers as well. Um, and I really did feel that sense of things are being broken down on purpose. It's so deliberate. It's almost as if spirit, the higher, you know, God, whatever your God of understanding is, it's almost like so well choreographed. Um, and obviously it's doesn't mean that everything's been wonderful. Obviously people have lost lives and there's been a lot of grief and pain and lost jobs and lost, um, and, and, you know, illness. And that's obviously very, um, very serious. And, um, it's not to minimize anybody's pain because obviously it's great, but I definitely have sensed this feeling of this is all happening because it's going to make us help us rise together and sort of find equilibrium. Um, do you feel that what, based on what you know, um, what would you say, what do you see for the next couple of years? Where do you see things going? Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, I think what, what we saw after big plagues and big, you know, cultural devastation is renaissance, cultural renaissance. So, um, so yeah, like I agree with you, not to undermine anyone's pain or grief. I mean, I've I've had my own this year too, um, and and what's what's happening is that Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto are shifting into Aquarius, and you know you've heard a lot of people talking about this beginning the Aquarian age. That that's not technically technically that's a let's not look at that technically. But a lot of the Aquarian ideals that that will that that we talk about in conjunction with the Aquarian age are ones that are going to be pronounced this year and then throughout the 2020s. And what that means is, and this is especially in 2023 when Pluto enters Aquarius. So Aquarius is this interesting sign because on the one hand, it's the sign that its modern association is with Uranus, the planet of change, of new beginnings, of rebellion, of revolution. And so you've got this like individuality and this sense of like, I'm gonna be my own person in the world. And Aquarius is also uh, the, the sign that relates to groups, community, um, you know, uh, all, all as one. That's what the water, the, the Aquarius, the symbol is the water bearer. And the water that we're talking about is the water of our collective humanity, um, our collective oneness. So not just looking at, at our species, but looking at, the, at all of us as one. So what we're gonna see is a lot more, and, and Aquarius is also technology, it's the internet. Um, and so I think what we're going to see is a lot more emphasis on how to use technology to strengthen our communities, to be in relationship and, and, and work together and, and to, to foster a sense of oneness. Um, we'll see a lot of, of people rising into their own power, into their own sense of power. So a lot of those old power structures that have been hierarchical are starting to break down. And we saw this just the other day with the GameStop, um, you know, stock, mm -hmm. uh, how, how a bunch of individual collectors could influence the market and, and realize their power to do that. And so we're gonna see a lot more of those kinds of themes. Um, I think we'll also see, you know, the last time Saturn was in Aquarius, uh, that was about 30 years ago. 
and we saw the internet going into everyone's homes. And so we had like AOL and Prodigy and things like that. Um, with this time, we are seeing the internet being the hub for our businesses. And, um, and so I think we're gonna see a lot more technological innovation. I think we're gonna see a lot more development of technology for environmental, um, to, to help with some of our environmental concerns um, in the fashion industry. Um, art and music and you know performance shifting and changing and evolving as a result of this. So we really are in what I would consider a renaissance time. Um, a lot of the seeds that were sprouted in quarantine or a lot of the seeds that were planted in quarantine will begin to sprout um, in 2021 and then really into 2023 when Pluto enters uh, Aquarius. Yes. That feels about right, and um, that's really interesting. Thank you so much. I I, um, I feel that that you know as we've had to change the way that we do things, we've become in it. Well, we're always innovative, and we we find better ways of doing things. Like oh, maybe we can work from home. And yes, I think it's great that people go are social and they're around people, and we don't isolate. But what a beautiful thing this is that we're able to have a conversation via Zoom, and I'm you know able to put this up and able to edit it and share it with the world. And, and I know I've been taking a ton of Zoom classes and sitting in webinars and um, even meditation circles and mediumship circles that, yeah, it would be nice to sit in a living room with a bunch of people and, and have that connection. But um, it's actually sort of given me personally more time to focus on things, passion projects, because it's like, well, work is kind of slow right now. And rather than just sit around and lament, but what have I always wanted to do? You know, like I'm learning Spanish, started a YouTube channel, um, to learned how to become a medium. And I, and I see that my friends doing that too, um, really working on projects they put off or developing new skills or even just something as simple as baking, learning to bake bread. Um, and I think that coming out of this, we're all going to be so, um, it's sort of a, a a beautiful thing that we can come out of this and say, well, with all the skills that I acquired during this time and figured out how can I reach out to people without leaving the house? And you realize that, yes, we should leave the house and we need to hug one another and join <laughs> together and have community. But what a beautiful thing that now we know that there's so many ways of learning new skills, of getting our voices heard, um, of creating. And I mean, I'm a YouTube junkie. I watch people's channels and I start to feel like they're celebrities to me. You know, they're like people that um, I know. And I, I hope that every, I hope that coming out of this, obviously people have been through grief and there's been a lot of darkness. I hope coming out of this, it's going to be a, I feel it, a renaissance for sure, where not only that, we're going to be 10 times more appreciative and grateful for the times that we do get to be in a room together and someone gets to play music for a live crowd again um, and, and that sort of thing. So that's exciting and validating to hear from you as well. Um, and so I would also love to hear what your, what projects you're working on, where people can, well, I'm going to, I will post links below, but tell us what are you, you know, what you're teaching, what you're writing, what you're exhibiting um, so that we can follow you and um, support you in your endeavors and um, also learn a lot from you. Okay, thank you. Um, so I am teach I teach astrology classes, and I actually have a basic astrology class, which is just really like I keep it small, keep my classes small, and we really look at your charts. Um, and so that's starting in March. And then um, I'm I just finished writing a book on magic, 
and how to uh, how to work with magic in your everyday life. Um, and it talks a lot about um, you know reclaiming your personal power and why it's so important at this time. And so I'm teaching a magic class. It's a four week online class. And then we do we talk about rituals. We talk about spells. We talk about raising a cone of energy. We talk about, we get really woo woo and we also get really practical. So I give everyone homework and exercises and, <laughs> and journaling entry and journaling prompts and things like that. Um, so I'm, I'm teaching that in March and then my book's coming out in the fall um, and it's called Mod Modern Day Magic, Eight Simple Rules to Realize Your Power and Shape Your Life. I'm really excited to read that and yeah. study with you in the future because I'm I'm ex I'm one, I've taken so many classes that I'm tapped out right now, not emotionally. <laughs> if I had all the money in the world, I would take all of the classes all the time, but I'm branching out into astrology, healing. I want to do it all. And mm -hmm. your class sounds super fun. Um, both of them sound really exciting. Um, and I also will definitely be picking up your book. And I'm not just saying that. I mean it. Um, I'm really excited to read what you have to say. So um, I'm so grateful that you uh, were willing to do this interview. You are so lovely, articulate, eloquent, inspiring. And it's just, this is why I wanted to do this, this work and this show, because I love meeting people like you and um, you're doing such good work. So thank you so much for being here, for sharing your knowledge and your insight. And as I said, we will be, I will be posting the link below to your website, but you can go ahead and say what your website is right now. If someone wants to write it down. Sure. It's uh, rachellangastrologer.com. And that's just R-A-C-H-E-L-L-A-N-G. -G. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rachel. Yeah, thanks, um, yeah, I look forward to keeping in touch with you and, and following your journey even more and um, really appreciate your time. Thanks. You Have too. a beautiful afternoon. All right. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye.